0: Everybody. welcome to another week of UGA Sports Live. My name is Roddy DeBulsey. I am your host. I'm joined by Dane Young and, of course, Jim Donnan, the Hall of Famer, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, and the man you are all here to listen to, uh, Coach. We're less than ten weeks away from football season. I saw that uh, this past Saturday was seventy days, ten weeks. Uh, I won't exactly say it's getting closer, but it's a hell of a lot closer than it was back in March and you know February when we were kind of just coming off the back-to-back titles. Uh Things are kind of heating up, uh, but we are – and things have been red hot on the recruiting trail. George has been killing it, and I expect for the first few days of July, there's a bunch of guys who are going to announce their decision, so it's going to stay hot in the recruiting trail. But we are officially in the dead period. Uh The, the team, as you always point out, can work eight hours with the coaches. But what's going on – just give us a quick hitter right now on what's going on in you know the last few days of June, first couple of days of July.
1: Well, Sunday was, as you mentioned, the last day that you could have a recruit on campus, and so Monday starts the uh, three week to three and a half weeks of the uh, coaches actually having vacation time, and <laughs> and it also has uh, about a eight or nine day period here where the players can kind of kick back and don't have anything real organized for themselves. Uh, it's just like a nine-day period there. So, whether you count Saturday, Sundays too. But the idea is, uh, you know, you've gone hard all year. Uh, and uh, let's just build up to it, as you mentioned, you know, 10 weeks. So, you just can't go hard all the time. And uh, particularly now with this eight-hour week that you can use, uh, as you mentioned, that the players and the coaches can get together. So you you have a a lot of retention there and you have a a lot of good teaching. So uh, definitely uh, looking forward to some of these guys coming off rehab, some coming off major injuries. Uh, The freshman group that that reported this summer that were about five or six guys that didn't get here in January. So uh, it's all coming together here and uh, fortunately, uh, no bad news at this point. So it uh, looks to me like uh, we can have a good show talking about the uh, positives. So
0: uh, I know sure. some of the
1: coaches are on some really nice trips with their families and uh, get a chance to kick back a little bit. But, you know, they, they keep one coach here every day, call it, call it kind of like the officer of the day and somebody from ops is here too to make sure if there's any kind of issues with the players. But uh, it's pretty much a skeleton staff over there right now.
2: I walked by their practice facility yesterday, and they were still playing loud music over the speakers. So there's some workouts happening, and there's some sounds coming from over there. But, yeah, it's skeleton staff.
1: Yeah, I
0: mean, they got to keep that music jumping all the time. That's for sure. I can see the players, you know, they're looking, hey, the coaches aren't around, or the coaches are upstairs, just, you know, keeping an eye, make sure nobody gets hurt. But we can control the uh, PA system that Kirby Smart uses all the time. Let's plug in our music instead of having him uh, yell at us nonstop. I love it. Uh, Coach, you mentioned some of the positive stuff's going on. Dane, hit on a couple of those things.
2: Yeah, so I I think last night watching what LSU did to Florida, Coach, I know that's close to your heart whenever Florida – on that stage, has that kind of performance. But it's Georgia's baseball coach, Wes Johnson, uh, was at the heart of that as the pitching coach for LSU. The Tigers, my goodness, what a run it is for their athletic department with a national championship in baseball and women's basketball. They won the SEC West in football. So a lot of those hires were made, I think, within about six months of each other. And Georgia gets to poach from that staff. LSU, just a great performance in the College World Series. And their fans showed up and made Omaha just a home game for them.
1: Yeah, it was a tremendous victory. I mean, I enjoyed watching all three games, although the second and third game were kind of football scores. But uh, I was kind of anxious to see what Wes was going to do with that big gun pitcher yesterday, whether he was going to go with him or not. And uh, certainly made a good decision based on the end of it. And uh, – uh, this the way that you know. You just don't usually see a championship game unless you uh, go out to uh, California and watch one last uh, January, where somebody kicked somebody's butt. That bad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely uh, impressive. Uh, you know, I've always been a baseball fan. I grew up. Mickey Mantle was my idol. Uh, one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make was in the ninth grade. My dad told me I had to pick one between tennis and baseball, and just really, I mean, I cried all night. When I told the coach I wasn't going to play baseball i I just loved playing and uh baseball softball fast pitch softball slow pitch I, I you know Burlington's an industrial town we had all that stuff so uh baseball's in the my blood it's like basketball too, but you' no doubt I'm football first but and then you were going to mention uh, – Well,
2: I, I, the other thing I want to mention with baseball is that as I was watching LSU and Florida players get up there, it seems like every time the player was from the state of Georgia, whether they're from Dalton or Ringgold, and I, I thought that was an exciting prospect to see that a lot of these players on that stage, Wes Johnson already knows where – they're coming from the best programs in the state of Georgia. And then now there's a chance that a pitcher that he's tutored for the last year could be the number one overall pick in the MLB draft. Just a lot of positive momentum for a new coaching staff, I think.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds you of Kirby Smart being defensive coordinator at Alabama there in a championship game uh, several years ago and then coming to Georgia. Uh, same kind of scenario, you know, a guy with background in SCC. And, uh, you know, I noticed the Wake Forest had a good pitcher from Swanee, too. So a lot of good players in the state. I'm sure Coach Johnson will use the uh, transfer portal and, uh, you know, he'll be off and running. And uh, it's kind of a give and take when you don't have uh, the opportunity to be here in person, but, there, you know, you kind of go the other way. Uh, the exposure he gets being on a championship team is really good cred when he starts talking to these different players – about coming to georgia and we lost to one other player here that i noticed you wanted to mention that uh have, kind of semi happy for him and sad <laughs> for our tennis team but uh you might mention about ethan
2: yeah ethan quinn national champion in men's singles georgia tennis uh going pro i know this was a tough decision that this was one that had to be considered I, I think there was a shot that he would be coming back to georgia but he's going to go pro he's had a great year he's playing in the u.s open later this year i would imagine the organizers at that tournament in atlanta the atlanta open will do everything they can to try to get him there um, but overall just what a, a career is a year and a half at georgia but i think it's one that elevated the program and uh, the recruiting class coming in can continue what he started
1: yeah, just an outstanding young man. Number one, uh, very uh, genuine. It hurt him to leave, but it's hard to turn down the financial uh, benefits of being a professional tennis player. I mean, even the guys that are, in, are like 250 or making big money. Uh, just so many tournaments worldwide. There's so many uh, ways to uh, get exposure and also the uh, some of the perks that you get, you know, advertising to different brands and uh, you know he'll get his own coach and his own um, agent and all that stuff but uh, just real proud of Ethan and what he represented he won a couple of tournaments this summer already on the pro the mini tour there he won one out in Tulsa excuse me Wichita about two weeks ago it's called the 25 tournament I think it's not a lot of money that but uh, hey and it's kind of leaves us hanging a little bit because you know we do have a good recruiting class but you know, you lose your number one player coming back. That's going to be even though we got a great guy coming in. Uh, we would have had a one-two punch. There would have been phenomenal. So I look for Coach uh, Diaz. He's picked up one guy a couple weeks ago from Southern Cal in the transfer portal, and we've got uh, one guy coming back. So uh, Roddy's favorite, Perez Pena. Yeah, we need yeah. to get one more, or, uh, maybe another guy in the transfer portal, and. Sometimes it's late. You know, you, you see this kind of move, and you see – I'm sure some people are getting in touch with Coach Hunt and Coach Diaz saying, hey, Quinn's gone. Uh, you know, I got a chance to go play for a winning team. I'm a big gun singles player, number one, for some smaller school, and uh, maybe we'll get that.
2: One of the exciting things for Georgia is that for the last decade, you could say that the most accomplished men's American tennis player has been John Isner and he came from UGA, and then you look at some of the Bubba Watson winning two green jackets at the Masters and the golfers that have had success. The fact that these guys are out there on golf, tennis, other sports, too, just doing so well for Georgia, I don't think there's many colleges that can claim that kind of success in some of these sports.
1: Yeah, really uh, really impressive when you look at the the list of golfers that uh, Coach Hacks had and Kisner, all those guys that had uh, many wins out there, and uh, it it speaks well of uh, of our golf tradition. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll uh, get somebody to come in there. And for the fans, you play six singles and uh, you play three doubles, but you only get one point for it. So, if you win two doubles and lose one, you get one point. Then you got to win three more singles to win four, four, three. So, a uh, huge loss for us. But uh, when you think about it, it's kind of like a guy coming out early in the draft, you know, it's like Champ Bailey going out early or uh, Roquan, Roquan Smith or whoever it might be. Guy's ready to go. You got to let him go and just be glad you had him when you had him.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing about uh, you look at those guys that were very successful on the PGA tour and, you know, just wish that you'd gotten a few more titles at Georgia. Georgia does have a couple of back-to-back uh, football titles, which makes it makes a lot makes things a lot better. And part of that is due to Kirby Smart's recruiting. And I want to mention something on our front page today, because I think it's a fantastic feature that uh, Jed May puts together. It's called the Tuesday Tracker. Now, if you notice on my little handle there, I said I'm still waiting uh, on I'm still on commit watch. I mentioned when the show opener that uh, Georgia is right in the thick of it for some guys who are going to decide very soon as to where they're going to play uh, their college football. And it's tough for the – hell, tough for me. And I run this site poorly, albeit I, that's what I do, to keep up with all the different guys that George is recruiting. It seems like there's five of them named Justin something. And it can get uh, – if you're just a novice or you're, you're busy and you can't keep up with what the latest recruiting thing is. And you go to the vault and there's tons of updates at UGA Sports, but you're like, what happened this past week? Check out the Tuesday track. Go to the Tuesday tracker on UJsports.com. And it's basically to let you know when Georgia is surging with a player and when they're sliding with a player, when they're moving up with a guy, when they're moving down. Because over the course of a week, especially, you know, last week you had a ton of official visits. And some Georgia targets were visiting elsewhere. Some were visiting here. Uh, Williams Nawari, the number three guy in the nation, the number one uh, defensive end, went out to Missouri for an official visit, left on Saturday cut his official visit short a little bit, flew all the way to Atlanta, came up to Athens to get so that Georgia could see him on Sunday. Georgia's right to think of it. Now, they're going to have to fight off Oklahoma and Missouri, but the point is, on the Tuesday tracker, the number three player in the nation, five-star defensive end, number one guy uh, in Missouri, number one guy at his position, came to Georgia. So we got him moving up. We have uh, uh, Joseph Jonah uh, Joiney. Moving up, you know, Justin Williams, moving up. Other guys, moving down. Georgia's falling with some guys. So if you don't keep up with the blow-by-blows every day of what's going on with Georgia recruiting, check out the Tuesday tracker that uh, Jed May puts together. And he does it with input from the rest of the staff, you know, Blaine Gilmer, Trent Smallwood, they're doing a fantastic job. Trent just got back from uh, Orlando. He went down there to see the top 50 players in the nation and the Under Armour uh, camp down there, He, the future 50. He interviewed a ton of them. Tomorrow at Lake Point, the next-gen pro day will be out there. And uh, Rivals has invited 100 of the top underclassmen to come to Lake Point Point, show us what they can do. So a ton of recruiting stuff going on. So, again, even though, as Coach pointed out, you know Sunday was the last day you could have them on campus. We're entering the dead period. Some of the coaches are going to go on vacation. A lot of decisions are coming up right in, in the coming days, coming weeks, and Georgia is in the thick of it. So check that out. Uh, speaking of making a good decision, I want you to check out our friends at Athens Ford. Uh, they You can't make a bad decision out there. Say you, you decide to get service done on your vehicle. They'll do a great job on it. They'll guarantee it. Uh, it'll be quick. It'll be fast. Say you decide to buy a brand new car. You'll get one with a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. Say you decide to buy a pre-owned vehicle. If it's under 80,000 miles, you get a lifetime powertrain warranty on it. That's the longest I don't think. I don't think they do it on like the German, the BMWs and stuff like that. But just about any other car, uh, they have it on those. So you can't make a bad decision if you commit to going to Athens Ford to get your next vehicle or to get service done. Or to if you want to customize your vehicle, they have a the customization folks out there. If you have one of those big trucks and you want to get all the bells and whistles on it, they can handle it. Uh, if you want to increase your performance, they can soup them up out there. So check out our friends at Athens Ford, Brian Clover, huge Georgia fans. They support the program like nobody else. So if you're a Georgia fan and you're watching this, you need to support the folks who support the team, and that would be our friends at Athens Ford.
2: Roddy, you joked about there being five guys named Justin and how do you keep track of them? But I do remember in 2017 where Georgia had I think five DeAndre spelled three different ways. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how this happens with the names at Georgia, but. There are popular ones over time.
0: Well, if you go back eighteen years, whatever was popular in the baby names book, you know, right at the top, that that they pop, they, they pop off that way. So yeah, it was. Do uh, you remember Devondre Seymour? And yeah, oh, yeah, there's a ton of them
2: um let's get to our position group breakdown we're doing this week by week so you can go back two weeks ago and hear about wide receivers and tight ends we did offensive line last week and i want to do defensive line this week but coach i kind of want to start with just a philosophical caveat of how georgia does defense because there is a bit of crossover here with outside linebacker and edge can you kind of tell me the difference in between some of georgia's defensive linemen and an outside linebacker because on my list i don't have chas chambliss but we see him with his hand in the ground sometimes
1: yeah, we have so many different packages when we run uh, odd and even fronts, you know, where you can sub or mini sub uh, within the the uh, framework of the call. And it usually gets to be a four down or a three down look for your, your front. So most of these guys are pretty inter- interchangeable, although the ones we talk about in the middle, it's kind of hard to play a zero technique or nose guard without being a really massive guy because of what it – the position entails, but if you just envision uh, three down linemen on an, on an odd front, a nose guard, and two tackles, some people call the tackles defensive ends. That's what the pros do. Uh, you know, the guys are playing four-eye or five technique, outside shoulder of the tackle. Uh, so those are called defensive ends, and then the people outside of them can be an outside linebacker. Mostly an outside linebacker is one that drops plays outside the tight end and drops. And the one on the weak side is a defensive end, uh, you know, a strong side defensive end type guy that comes off the edge on the the, the nub side where you don't have somebody covering him. So you can can be interchangeable. Uh, We've got so many different moving parts on our defense, but the real critical part of Kirby Smart defense going back to Alabama is some really good – interior linemen that can uh, hold the fort, so to speak, uh, can knock people back and uh, put some pressure on the quarterback without relying on uh, five, six, seven man pressures from your outside people. So uh, it's a very significant part of our defense. And uh, it's also a part of our offense because we want to train our offense to be physical and go against guys that are physical and can You know, take on blocks and get off blocks and things like that. It makes your offense so much better. So, uh, very much an integral part. We've got a premium defensive line coach and Trey Scott uh, from Crossit, Arkansas, home of Barry Switzer, two of the most fine, two of the finest guys ever to come out of Crossit, but uh, really has evolved as a coach and a recruiter and uh, is very uh, comfortable in his own skin here really knows what the defense is all about and uh, has got great relationship and rapport with the players. And uh, so we've got an all-star defensive staff. There's no question about it. Every one of those guys capable of being a coordinator, capable of being a head coach, just really strong, strong defensive staff.
2: Two things I'd point out. One, that versatility that you're talking about. So Trayvon Walker became a number one overall pick in the NFL because he could do so much from that spot. The other thing is if you want to point to one position group that Georgia is elevated to become a national championship contender, I think this is it with the defensive yes. line and the NFL showing you that with Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis
1: and Nolan Smith and on and on and on. Yeah, just look at the draft, particularly inside people. Uh, you know, we got guys playing up there that are really not only playing, but Uh, Making really big showings up there, you know, like Ed Sullivan would say, "really big shoe." (laughs) We've got uh, a lot of stuff going on with those guys up there. So, uh, uh, with that being said, we'll start out and talk about these guys and uh, give my opinion and uh, see what what uh, Roddy can find wrong with it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm going to start with a guy that in doing a podcast with you all off season, other than Brock Bowers, who is an obvious answer of who makes your mouth water. I don't know that I've heard you talk more glowingly about a player than you have Michael Williams.
1: Well, Jalen Carter, probably, but uh, I'm
2: I'm saying this off season since Carter's departure.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've been had a little angst here because of the surgery that uh, Michael had, but uh, at the same time, uh, probably, was good to go on and get it out of the way because it's kind of a nuisance type injury. I mean, he was playing hurt, but, uh, he, he's got that under control. He looks good. I mean, he looks the part walk in any place in America pro or college and look like a guy that should be on the team. Uh, big angular can, uh, take on blocks, can rush the passer. And, uh, beside that all-star person just, uh, wanted somebody to represent your program in any way form or fashion this guy is just class personified I mean he is can't I mean I don't know I can't find anything wrong with him I mean I'm I'm sure there's plenty that you could nitpick about his football wise but character grades comes from a great family loves Georgia I mean he's the ultimate dog in in my opinion
2: What stuck out to me with he went to Hardaway High School in Columbus, and he had opportunities to go to other more storied high school programs in the Columbus area, and he didn't. He went to play at Hardaway, and I always thought highly of that. Let's go to some veterans on the defensive line, Nazir Stackhouse.
1: Well, here's a guy that probably underrated nationally, not underrated with among our players or among our coaches or the people that watch him week in and week out, he's kind of been in the shadows when you look at some of the guys that have played there. But this guy has a really good skill set. He's going to be drafted and uh, can run. I mean, you could put him in there and play tight end, can play a lot of positions, but uh, can play the middle nose guard, can play outside three times. He's just a player, and I think he'll really blossom this year. I really think more reps, more called on time uh, to be the guy. And uh, he's got a lot of uh, respect among his peers because of the way he works. Zion Logue. Here's a guy that uh, between him and uh, and Van Pran, uh, both those guys could have a debate and I don't know who would win. This guy is very articulate, has tremendous people skills and uh, which – you know, doesn't relate to being a football player that much, but does relate to being uh, the kind of character you want in your players. And usually guys with good character and good ability turn out being better players because, you know, you can depend on them. And they're not looking for reasons why to uh, find fault with anything. Just an ultimate team guy has waited his turn. He's another guy that's going to get drafted. I mean, he's got skill level that, uh, that you like and uh, physically tough and I'm glad we got him all the jokes about
2: being around Georgia forever. Stetson Bennett gets to hand that baton off to trommel Walthour.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's been in here for two terms, uh, uh, Trump and Biden. I mean, this guy's been here forever. Uh, I, I mean, come on. It's really unreal how much he's been around, but a, a very good, uh, team I had a little injury this spring, uh, and he had you know, taken care of, but, uh, you can count on him go in there and just be a nuisance. I mean, just go in there and make plays just by his determination, not overly big, but uh, really uh, has, got, has gone the route here. Of I think went to a junior college, Roddy, and then came here and. Uh,
0: just, I got to take my lumps on him, Coach. I, I loved him when uh, Richard LeCount's dad mentioned him, like, "Hey, Paul this kid," and then Georgia offered. I'm like, "This kid is way too small to play at Georgia. Way too small." What, wh- why are you doing this favor? I was skeptical. I, I questioned again, and I, every time I question Kirby, he makes me look like an idiot. <clears throat> and I have to eat my crow on Tremel Walthour. Don't, don't get me wrong, I love the guy. Super nice, was a great interview, was always uh, – would call you back. Uh, fun fun to talk to. But I'm just thinking there's no way this guy puts on enough mass to play SEC football down in the trenches like Georgia, and that guy has kicked ass. So shout out to Tremel Walthour for just being – Again, sh- shutting down anybody that doubted him.
1: That's why you don't get too caught up in doubting the coaches. Uh, I, I, sh- I shouldn't. <laughs> I, I'm just talking about overall people, I about stars and all. Like this kid we got this weekend. I can't pr- pronounce his name, but you know, a massive player from North Carolina. What what uh, reminds me so much of a recruitment part of uh, Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour was 17 when he got here. Uh, this kid just turned 17, so he'd be if he comes in January be 17 and he's, you know, 350, uh, just a, a real puppy bulldog. I mean, this guy is going to be massive and uh, can move and, uh, you know, a lot of potential. I, I'd rather take a guy that size that, that's younger, that's got every, It's going to get in here and, and lift weights and do the, all the stuff that we do to develop him and uh, put him through your system uh, than maybe a guy that's you know, maybe older that's might have reached his peak. So, good job by Trey Scott. I mean, it's two years in a row we've uh, gotten, you know, really good players out of North Carolina. I guess Wilson was an offensive lineman, but uh, we got Jamal Jarrett last year, and then,
0: then this guy, I mean, makes Mac Brown mad, I'm sure. Uh, real quick, I want to mention the last three commits that Georgia's had have been defensive tackles, defensive ends, to go along with the segment. Uh, Jordan Thomas out of Ramsey, uh, New Jersey. Uh, Quintavious Johnson out of Atlanta, uh, Mays High School, and then the kid don't know how to say his name, uh, Namadi Okboko. Just I'm sure I butchered that, and I'm sorry, Mr. Okboko. Yeah, we'll learn. We'll learn how to. We'll just get his number for early and then let him roll. Six foot four, 349 pounds. As you say, just turned 17 out of North Carolina. Now seriously, how how does he 349? I mean, instead of three. Three
1: fifty. I mean, he, 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 just he missed
0: missed it today, Coach. He's, yeah, one
1: more uh, He's from Garner, North Carolina, where I mean, I had so many recruiting trips over there to Garner and uh, all around. Uh, you know, that if you just envision uh, Atlanta with Marietta and and all that stuff, Dunwoody, all those Raleigh's kind of like that. The, you, you've got all these suburban areas out there with. Uh, with all these schools, and Garner was one that always had good players, uh, good old good old boys that could really play football. So uh, just the fact he's from Garner's in my favor for him because I know he's got to be tough to play there.
2: Next guy, a guy that I think has the, at least the opportunity to rise to the challenge has been issued, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins.
1: Yeah, he, he's a guy that's kind of, you know, it's time for you to do it, man. You can do it. Uh, get some consistency uh, everybody he looks good he, he makes plays but you know he, he's got a chance to be the guy now and what's he going to do with it and uh, maybe gets a little bit more uh, people rate him a little higher just because of the way he looks He just got to be effective and do the job like he's capable of he's had some good scrimmages and uh, I'm all for him I just think it's there's a real difference between potential and performance. Uh, let's get out there and do it. And he, he he certainly can. I'm pulling hard for him. Another guy that is just very and uh, then the in the wings that is very personable. We saw him uh, interviewing people at the championship game. Warren Brinson is uh, very athletic. Uh, just got good good. I mean, he can cover kicks. He can do a lot of things. Not quite as athletic and, and, and as uh, Trayvon Walker, but similar mode that can really run. has got a good burst. And, uh, as, as understood the last year and a half or so, what he's capable of and not just gl- glad to be at Georgia. Now he wants to be a, a dominant player and he can be that he, he's got a pro career ahead of him with his size and his, uh, ability to disengage and, and more than anything, just run like he can in his size. Uh, he, and, uh, I just think Log, Stackhouse, uh, him, Michael, uh, and this kid, Hall, we're going to talk about all got really good futures as far as NFL.
0: I was shocked when we were talking to Trey Scott out in L.A., and we, I basically had him go through his defensive players, you know, tell me something good about him, tell me something bad about him. And when he got to Warren Brinson, <clears throat> you, you hadn't really heard his name a whole lot. He's like uh, – he basically intimated that they had to convince him to stay. And I'm like, what, he could have gone pro. He's like, oh, absolutely. You know, like like I was the idiot, which I am, I'm sure. But he's like, I was an idiot for even doubting the fact that, you know, Warren Brinson was on the cusp of just declaring early and going to the NFL because he's got the skills for it. And I'm like, oh, that's good. No. And we we were kind of asking you know, Scott about it. I'm like, you're losing some – you're losing Jalen Carter. And he's just grinning ear to ear. He's like, yeah, but look what I got coming back. You know, so he's in hog heaven with his depth over there.
2: Right. Guy that I haven't heard a lot about, so I'm excited to hear your take coach, Jonathan Jefferson.
1: Yeah, here's a guy that is just, you know, has some ability. Uh, it's kind of in between. He's like kind of a different, you know, point guard, uh uh forward in, in uh basketball. Uh, just, you know, kind of an angler guy that doesn't have a lot of mass, but plays really hard, uh, has good uh football IQ, uh just, I just don't know if he got quite enough girth inside to be, you know, knock you back down after down, but he can make plays with his quickness. And, uh, he's definitely, I'm glad we got him here. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just picking at straws here of, of looking at things, but he doesn't fit the mold of, of being a, the, you know, the big guy inside, but he, he's got enough ability that he can play on the edge a little bit and, uh, be good on special teams. And, uh, I think he's he's somebody that is going to continue to get better and keep hanging around here and keep getting the reps. Christian Miller. Yeah, Christian just got to take a reality pill. I mean, you're here now. Uh, you're not playing high school ball. This is the big leagues, buddy. Bear down. You know, your reputation's good, but you got to come in here and show your wares. And uh, he, he definitely got size, quickness, speed. Uh, I'm just anxious to see him going and developing. In all fairness to him, I mean, it's hard to come in here in January and just knock everybody back and be the same kind of guy you were in high school when you're going against guys like Mims and Rattledge and those guys over there. So uh, he, he's going to be a good player. He just got to understand you got to get in the briar patch a little bit, you know, get in there and get knocked around. Uh,
2: and then more of the young guys, Jordan Hall.
1: Yeah, that's one that's going to make my mouth water for a long time. I mean, this guy's got good work ethic. He was way advanced when he came in here. He looked like he was, uh, you know, I mean, he looks on the hoof like uh, like he's 26, 27 years he old. Does. He really does. He's a very mature-looking guy and plays hard, practices hard. Uh, one of the days I was out there, he kind of got nicked up, and they were – telling him to get out, and he stayed in there and kept fighting through it, which I was glad to see. Well, you don't want to get yourself hurt, but uh, he's he's got uh, some guys ahead of him that are going to help him and train him. Uh, you know, those guys we talked about earlier, but this guy is a potential big-time player for Georgia, one of the highly-repeated five-star guy. I mean, when you're a five-star D-lineman. That means that uh, even guys like Roddy can pick you out. You know, I mean, you know... <laughs> No, I think I'm Roddy's go on. Much,
0: a Roddy's cool. Come I mean, on. Roddy's Roddy's
1: really lot better than some of these guys that don't know if a is up or stuff. But, I mean, I'm telling you, Hall is – I'm fired up about Hall. Uh, another thing about him is uh, people skills. Uh, I went to an event over there at the uh, facility that they had, and they had the different players uh, taking you around and showing you stuff. And I was just there to kind of smooth some of the big wigs, you know, and talk to him a little bit. I was just kind of a passerby. But he happened to be the guy that was in our group that was showing us around. And, whoo, man, this guy has good – he's got it. I mean, I'm thinking about – I mean, those people that were walking around had to think of every player in Georgia like this guy. Unreal. I mean, he's he very uh, good manners and opening up the doors for women. I mean, he just – Classy guy,
2: I'm fired up about Hall. I'll co-sign that, Roddy, because you know we're always looking and trying to figure out who Sports Communications is going to anoint as kind of the next media spokesperson on the team, kind of like the the modern Cedric Van Pran right now. He gets so many yeah. media opportunities. I was told Jordan Hall can do that. That he'll probably I mean, be maybe not for this first year, but in future years he'll be. Well, there. he won't
1: get a chance this year, Kirby. We won't let him. So he <laughs> yeah. won't let him talk. But, but I I do hope that when I say a few things like that once in a while, I'm not really divulging anything that they wouldn't want out there, but it is something that maybe people listen to the broadcast can, can understand that I like to share that about these kids. And I don't think I'm giving anything away. It's just, uh, and there's gotta be a lot more of those around uh, you know, early on, I remember the first time I, I, I talked about Kendall Milton on the show, walking by him in the training room and uh, he came over to me and said, are you Coach Don? And I said, yeah. He said, I saw your picture up on the wall down there. I'm Kendall Milton. I'm from California. I said, hey, I know you, but how many kids are going to come up and do that like that? And we've built up a good relationship. I've kind of helped him through some injuries as far as just encouraging him and all. And it's just, you know, that's one of the things with my wife being gone and everything. I just enjoy being around those kids. I really, I'm so thankful that Kirby lets me be over there some. I don't get to go as much as I'd like to because uh, they just can't go watch and practice and all. But, you know, it just really is fun for me to be around those kids and see what they – you know, that's what you are as a coach. You know, you, you enjoy seeing guys highs and lows uh, like Ratledge when he was hurt, just pushing him along and just encouraging him, saying, hey, I've seen guys come through here like you, and I promise you, you're going to be a player. You, you know, it's tough to be sitting out here, but keep working and. Uh, what a player he is! So those are just little things here, without getting too hon- hunky dory here. But um, we got right. to read too much about some of the things that are happening, which you know that's certainly something we got to do a better job with. But uh, you know uh, those kids went over there to Camp Sunshine. A lot of them went over there to. Uh, Murray's golf tournament on Monday with the ESP. It's just these kids do good with the community.
0: Yeah, we'll have a story coming on uh, the guys that went over to be part of the ESP golf tournament to help raise funds for that fantastic program. Uh, That's a so- good tea up by me there. Yeah, it was. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jed went out there and spent the day, and he had a bunch of interviews with some freshmen, even. So uh, be sure to check out the front page of ujsports.com. Four more nights there. We have, well, anybody left.
2: we have Jamal Jarrett. Big job. Well,
1: that guy there really has taken advantage of being in a, a systematic program of, you know, all guys that size, Jordan Davis, everybody. I mean, you're going to constantly fight your weight because you're going to have to be in a movement type situation to play in this defense. So he came in here as a, young high school guy that was a little bit overweight and he's worked hard at it and certainly got the brute force speed I mean uh, strength and uh, he, he's going to be a guy, you know, we got to remember he's just been here for one semester so uh, he, he's going to help us. CJ Madden. Here's a guy I think that's underrated, that people are taking for granted, plays really hard, is not super big, but Gonna play on the outside. Has got uh, a good motor to him. Really plays hard. Plays as good as he can on every snap. Is very consistent, and uh, I've been impressed with the way he's come along. And you always want to know your assignment, and then you can execute. He, he doesn't make many mental errors, and he's there. And uh, he, he's kind of guy that'll help your team special teams. Uh, I'm happy about Madden. I'm, I'm, he's a better player than I thought he was. I've I take – maybe I was thinking a little bit too much about his size, uh, what he didn't have, but he certainly got a lot on the ball. And the last two – He practice. He looked great. The,
2: Taking 20 minutes to get through this position group. That tells you how fortunate George is. okay. We're not
1: in any time frame. we got to tell these people about what the old coach thinks.
2: Salmon Pimba <laughs> and Damon Wilson.
1: Well, let me tell you something. Whoever got those two guys here needs to get a uh, bonus because uh, – Man, I'm telling you, those two guys are. We have talked about it, and I'm going to say it again. Those 21 guys that got in here in January, we haven't had as a group that many guys come here at once uh, since Kirby's been here. In my opinion, but now maybe they'll be won't pull out as be as quite as good, but uh, as that other some of those other classes. But this 21, you lose all those guys to the pros and transfer and all that, and all of a sudden your team can practice because you've got 21 new players and you can keep going ones and twos and do two spot and then do all the things that you were doing in the fall, in the spring, which normally you can't because you don't have enough players. Pimba and Wilson, come on, man. Just play. Put them on the bus. Let them play. Those guys are players. Um, And then Pimba's maybe a little bit ahead of him, but Wilson, I don't know. I can't say these that far. They're both just very
0: capable of being to the point where they make my mouth water. I mean, you got a pair of five stars, both out of Florida. Uh, and Pimba six four two fifty, 250. Uh, Wilson, 6'5", 238. Uh, just two freaks of nature. There. And you had Hall. Hall's five-star inside guy. Yeah. I'm, so, yeah, look I, – I've. Well, looking back, at this Georgia had three uh, five star guys and they were all on defensive line. <laughs> so, and yeah, I, I won't put in Gabe Harris. I, I mean, I know he's got to add that
1: corner and then uh, safety. Uh, God, man, it's just hey, you know what's good? You start seeing all these ratings of groups around the country of a defense and an offense, like the best. Offensive line, the best D line, the best linebackers, the best secondary. I mean, George is one or two in every phase of the defensive team. DBs, uh, safeties, corners, linebackers. I mean, defensive line, outside guys. I mean, th- this is going to be so much better defense than we had last year. It's, I mean, our defense was good last year, but
0: you went fifteen to zero. How can it be
1: better? But I mean, I know. I'm just giving a shit because last year you told us early on that they were that struggle. We won't get them 40 some again in the game. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah. So we won't need that. Won't need that again. So that's the whole listing. That's
2: it. We'll do linebackers next week.
0: All right. So that, that, uh, cause we had a question there about Marvin Jones Jr., and I think we'll, you got oh, Marvin
1: Jones be an outside guy. Yeah. That's why I started going. the
2: conversation with the outside linebacker yeah. defensive end deal because Marvin goes out there, Chas Chambliss goes out there. It's right. that hybrid spot. I'm going to include those with linebackers.
1: What are we that's going to do about next week? The 4th of July is on Tuesday, right?
2: Well, it could
1: be the Fox. I expect y'all, expect y'all to be here. Okay. <laughs> no, yes, sir. Right. Hey we'll, we'll take we'll take that day off. One question for you, right? If D U I L D U L Y spells duly what does J U L Y spell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> July. Okay. I thought you were gonna say Julie. I, I almost did. It took me a second, but I know you always set me up, so I have to <laughs> look slam on the middle brakes before I get drugged by coach. Uh, speaking of making the making the break, I want to mention our friends over at My Perfect Franchise, if you want to make a break from your job and, you know, uh, take a moment to think about where you are in your career, in your professional career. And you're like, you know, I just don't like it as much. I don't get enough paid time off. I don't get enough time with the family. I don't have enough income. Be your own boss. Now that's really easy for me to throw that out there and tell you to do it. And you go, know, well, Come on, dude, that's hard. It is hard. It's hard to know. Uh, I run It was. I had to learn a lot. Uh, I screwed up, made tons and tons of errors. I wish I'd had Andy Ludecki and my perfect franchise guys out there kind of pointing the way for me, saying, Look, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to learn. This is how you need to be prepared to be the boss and to take over this stuff. Uh, this is what, uh, here's the best fit for you. Here's what you need financially. Here's what you need for, uh, from a resource standpoint. Andy Ludecki and the folks at My Perfect Franchise will set you up that way. And they will try to uh, get you through all the different options that are out there and cater a plan based to what your goals are, what your resources are, and where you want to you know, see yourself in four or five years from now. So reach out to myperfectfranchise.net, Andy Ludecki. They will take great care of you. And it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. If you talk to them for a ton of time, you know weeks and such, and then you decide you don't want to do it, it's okay. He'll, he'll he'll always be there for you. Uh, speaking of being in his own business, I want to mention our friend Matt Casey out at uh, Academia Brewing Company, one of the top brewers in the state. They keep winning awards. Their places are always packed because they make excellent beer, fantastic beer. Uh, beer that wins all sorts of awards. Beer that has a, I don't want to call it a cult-like following because that almost makes it sound small, but the fact that the people that try Academia beer, Academia beer come back over and over and over again. So you know some of the bigger names in the uh, Athens Brewing uh, market out there. I will tell you, you will not find a more devoted following than the folks who go to Academia Brewing Company. And it's also a great restaurant. Nobody else can say that. So if you want just a great meal, if you don't even like beer, hell, go to Academia Brewing Company, just eat dinner, just eat lunch. I guarantee you it'll become one of your favorite restaurants. So hit them up when you have the
2: chance. Let's go to some questions from our members over at UGA sports.com. And then we'll slide in some YouTube ones as well. Uh, baseline question here from Jason G 17. What are some of coach Donnan's areas of concern heading into the season for the dogs?
1: Well, number one, get through the rest of the summer unscathed, uh, injury wise, academic wise, uh, off the field pre- uh, situations, uh, just just, Get, get to the first game uh, with what we got. Uh, number two, uh, the uh, injury situation with uh, Munden. How's he going to come around? Also uh, the back. Uh, uh, how's uh, Branson. Branson Robinson going to be? Uh, different kicker, uh, different holder. Uh, how's that going to work out? So those are my major concerns. And then how the quarterbacks are going to compete with each other would be something that, uh, you know, you're looking forward to because that's a very competitive situation. Beck certainly uh, starts out as the guy, and it's his job to lose. So uh, Vandergriff certainly gives him a lot of pressure on him and also uh, Stockton, but those would be my major things.
2: I would toss in depth at tackle on offense, experience depth for sure.
1: You don't give, uh, you don't get. Well, experience depth. You're right. Yeah, that's right. I, I
2: think there's talent. Don't get me wrong, but we yeah. talked about this last week. That the backup center is Austin Blasky. The backup tackle on both sides is Austin Blasky. Well, if two offensive linemen get hurt, one of them is a center. All of a sudden, you have you have to do some maneuvering. But there's versatility. You know, trust playing as many places as you can. You can manage it. But I'm just saying, that it gets tougher pretty quick if you have a couple injuries.
1: Well, uh, you're you're forgetting Wilson. Uh, Wilson, to me, would be a guy jump in there at center in a New York minute. Uh, Drew Bobo hasn't played, but he's very capable there too. uh, But no experience. But uh, then a tackle Blasky has played. uh, You know, what's he called? Uh, Chad. uh,
2: Chad Lindbergh.
1: Lindbergh has some experience, but uh, we got some. We don't have. We don't have a situation where you've got a guy like McClendon and then Mims behind him or Jones. And, and, uh, you know, like we had there, that's for sure. tackle.
0: I can't wait to see Monroe Freeling out there, but uh, you mentioned, you know, we we talked about the fact that Ameris Mims had the mono. And so who was running at right tackle while he was out? Austin Blasky.
1: Uh,
0: uh I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just saying, that I heard it was Austin Blasky, so maybe that's a guy, who, to Dane's point, he gets around, so he can, he can fight play over left tackle or fight over right tackle. Play, play top
1: five because he and Green are neck and neck at left tackle, so Blasky yeah. can play over right. there, but uh, you, you also have uh, uh, Chad over there at right tackle, he can play there. Uh, Trust can move over there and play tackle. Right. And, uh, you got Micah Morris who's a stallion type looking guy inside too, so there'll be a lot of mix and match. Hopefully, we don't get the injuries.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed.
2: Uh, Jcats 75205 wants uh, me to ask you, coach about the coaching staff's ability to ignore recruiting stars and recruit players that Georgia wants. Uh, The examples that Jcats gives is Stackhouse and Logue and how
1: they're going to shine. Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of things about Kirby that maybe you could, people could uh, get into, but he could give a rat's ass what anybody thinks about on their opinion on recruiting. I mean, nothing wrong with uh, people having an idea, and they read, like Roddy said, that's good. That we're going to have a chance, but we're Jed's talking about the guys that we're recruiting now. You know, the tracker, but uh, boy, they go through a. Unbelievable uh, type of uh, scrutiny to get the players on our team, uh, starting with camps, uh, individual workouts, uh, all the things that they do to check out and see if they fit our, our system and our, what, what our needs are, the criteria for that position. Uh, plus, the academic situation. Uh, Kirby's uh, being a graduate here, he knows what it takes. Poor investment to bring somebody in here can't make it academically. I mean, it's it's a grind here. I mean, you got a lot of uh, these classes are set up for students that have got a high, a lot higher sometimes grade point average than some of these players. So, it's. Uh, I think he makes a good point. You, you just got to go with what you you feel like it takes to pl- play. Based on over the years, these are, this is a criteria that we're going to take and uh I remember back when uh I was talking to Bill Parcells about taking selected players, and you know what you you had the criteria. The more exemptions you make in your drafting as a pro team or as in your recruiting as a college team, the more mistakes you're going to make. You know what you want. very seldom do you take an exemption it's too It's too much on the on the deal here.
0: I want to mention something real quick about the you know three stars versus five stars. There's only 32 players per year that we consider five-star. That's a guy that we predict will be a first-round draft pick. And you're trying to pick it three, four, five years before the guy ever actually gets there. It's damn near impossible, but it's pretty close. Four stars, that's a guy that uh, we think has first to third-round NFL potential. There's seven rounds. Okay. there's a lot, of, a lot of rounds going. A three-star guy in the rivals ranking is considered one of the top 800 players among the top 800 players in the nation. Uh, potential all conference, like all SEC, uh, all ACC, all Big Ten, all Big Twelve, all Pac-12. You know, uh, could have mid to low end pro potential, i.e., mid rounds, later rounds pro. So if you're getting a three-star, that's still a guy that we expect could be drafted. So a three-star is not a bad sign. A three-star is pretty damn good. There's three 3 million high school football players. We're talking about the top uh, top few hundred. So don't if you, if you hear Jordan's getting a three-star, don't be like, oh, my God, what are they doing there? And hey, the coaches miss. We miss. Uh, we nail them sometimes. Coaches nail them sometimes. But don't ever just, just – uh, disparage a three star guy. That is a high honor to be ranked that uh, that highly in the system.
2: Question from Calumet Dog Who are the leaders of this class? Who's putting the time and making sure that others are also putting in the time? I've heard of eating off the floor, but who's driving that mentality from the player standpoint? He says that it started with Nicobe Dean to Nolan Smith to who now on defense? And is there a guy on offense doing that?
1: Yeah, I think Van uh, Pran and Bowers on offense certainly are guys that. Everybody, you know, the, the way they work, and the very Bowers not a vocal leader like uh, Van Pram, but both are uh, good guys. And then uh, Pop over on defense, you know, all the guys look up to him. Munden does a good job too. And linebacker, just normally because they're making the calls, they're doing uh, so much. But I think Buller is the guy just day in and day out that. You know he's gonna come with his lunch pail and play hard and do what he needs to. And then inside, you know, I like Logan Stackhouse the way they they do things.
2: Just John four nineteen says who finishes twenty twenty three with the most sacks at Georgia? And does sacks even matter with Georgia's defense?
1: Well, we talked about it before. We we want pressure on the quarterback in hurries and things like that, but uh you know, the biggest people always look for sacks and, uh, and and things like that. But it's kind of like a baseball player, you know, hits a 300. I mean, one out of every three times of the plate, he gets a hit. Two times he doesn't. You know, a defensive lineman might, you know, have 800. I don't know how many plays they play in the course of a season. I, I got a stat there I'm going to look up here in a minute. But, uh, you know, I, I think for my – Got to probably get the most would be Williams, Michael Williams. Maybe Shambles will come in there and do some things. But uh, and then you got to watch with Bunden uh, coming off the edge, uh, moving the inside and coming through the A gap. So those would be the three I would think.
2: Let's uh, sneak in our last break here. Our friends over at Your Pie, Roddy. I went and tried the, you know, they have the peach and prosciutto every year. They have a hot version of it this year, which is just amazing. So you need to go try that, Roddy, at the uh, Athens location on Alps.
0: Well, I think that's a great idea. I've always liked the peach and prosciutto. And I remember (laughs) telling uh, Drew when he mentioned it, he's like, hey, we had this new pizza. I'm like, "That." Sounds horrible. And all I could think about was the people that would complain about or just argue back and forth about pineapple on a pizza. And I'm like, you're you're just trolling us by putting peach on there. And then he actually, I remember we did a live remote from there, the one on apps, you know, the one, uh, the one that started it all. And he brought us the peach and prosciutto pizza. And I was like, holy crap, this sounds phenomenal. So look, if they're going to make it one of their specialty pizzas, it's been tested. It's been tried out. They actually have a kitchen over there and remember they used to have contests where people who could create pizzas because that's a cool concept behind the whole thing is you walk in, you tell them everything you want in your pizza. So if you're a person likes all the meats, you can get you know, all the different meats. If you want tons of cheeses, you want all the vegetables, you've got a weird combination. They can cover it because it's totally customized. Just think of like when you go on to get a Subway sandwich, same concept. So you know, if they say, Hey, Look, we've got a peach and prosciutto, or we got a barbecue chicken bacon ranch. It's one of their specialties. If it's the Nat, it's the ishka, it's the uh, the southern heat. My favorite. Try it out. And today is Double Points Tuesday, so go ahead and order your pizza on the app. Have it delivered. Pick it up. Get your points. Get your free pizzas, free drinks, free gelatos, free breadsticks, all that fun stuff. Also want to mention our friends over at Dead Soxy. Um, Talk about somebody who has a great concept. Dead Soxie, the... Uh, If you want comfortable socks and it's hot, you know, we're starting to get to those dog days of summer It's starting to get really warm out there. So supposed to be this high heat for the next couple of weeks or so uh, with a high pressure system. You're going to be sweating. You're going to have to go to work. Get some good socks. Get some breathable socks. Try our friends at Dead Soxie. They're the most comfortable socks you will ever wear in your life. Everyone that's tried them has loved them. I've not had one person say a bad word about Dead Soxie. Trust me, if there's an issue with one of our sponsors, people let me know. Uh, Everyone that's tried it loves them. So check out our friends at Dead Soxy. Use promo code UGA Sports to get 25% off your order uh sign up for their uh, little uh vip thing you get free socks and if you got a, a birthday coming up uh, anniversary uh somebody graduated and you didn't get them anything get them a, a bunch of the dress socks and if you got uh, like i said we're less than 10 weeks away you need your red and black socks so get those for the upcoming season they've been a sponsor for two years George won back-to-back titles I'm just saying they, they make lucky socks. So hit up dead socks. When you would need the
2: chance. I pulled up the description for that pizza I was talking about because I don't know that I did it justice. The kickin' barbecue peach pizza. Let me get my broadcaster voice. Your choice of hand-tossed dough, barbecue sauce, shredded mozzarella, crispy bacon, house-pickled jalapenos, fresh-sliced peaches, and red onions topped with a drizzle of Mike's Hot Honey. I love my son honey. It's great. Awesome. Yeah,
1: getting back to that pat. Hey, I mean, that's a good way to set up that thing here. Getting back to that pass rush, it just goes to show you how much I'm losing it because I had that down as a, something I was going to say, but I couldn't remember what exactly it was. But it, I wrote it down just for our fans. Being a great D lineman is so much about persistence. Out of 300-plus pass rush attempts, if you get 10 sacks, that's a pretty good year. That oh, yeah. means, that means you can fail 97% of the time and still be an
0: elite D lineman. Wow. And I'll be the first guy at the top of the press box going, why can't they get any pass rush? <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, as quarterbacks have gotten more mobile, sack numbers have gone down some. That's just the fact. Mm-hmm. A moving target's
1: harder to hit. And more skill level as far as uh, reading coverages, uh, you know, you just don't, you don't get the easy – uh, one-on-one rushes anymore because people scout you and they double you and they turn their protection towards you and you, you got to get simulated pass rush I mean I heard Dan Lanning uh, last week I was listening to a concept that he was talking about about pass rush bringing forward doesn't necessarily have to be the four inside guys you can drop two off and bring the guys from the linebacker one from the safety but Get some kind of four man pressure without looking like the same look and the same way with five and six. So uh, that's what we do a great job of.
2: Three more questions from the dog event. Big fatty 94, who's going to be the dude, regardless of position, that we talk about during the season that maybe we're not thinking about right now? So I guess well, I
1: can't think about Brock Bowers, just go to bed every night and say, <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for letting us have him for one more year. I mean, I don't know. If, I haven't thought about there's, – there's a lot of dudes out there. I mean, we got them. We got I'll, I'll
2: give you a name, Coach, and, and I've been on this for a while, but Darius Smith is one that I think is so
1: unique in Virginia. Oh, yeah. Georgia. He, He's gotten even bigger, but he, he can run. Uh, one of the faster guys here. Uh, he'll be a guy we talk about next week, but he's uh, definitely that. But uh, I think Malachi Starks just – Got a chance to be really good back there, along with Bullard. I mean, we had those two guys at safety. Man, that's it's not fair.
2: I keep hearing the buzz on Lovett at receiver, too.
1: Well, you know, that's just because he he should be buzzing about because he he's come in here and had really good stats with another team, but uh, got to do it here here like he did in Missouri. He's capable of it, that's for sure. And that's I cool. think we're all raw will too.
2: I love this question from UJ alum 95 coach. Could any of the offensive linemen who played for you at UGA start on this year's current UGA
1: team? Uh, yeah. I mean, you never know. Uh, we, we had some good, good linemen that played for me, uh, that, uh, got drafted and, uh, a lot of them did well, you know, Stinchkin brothers, uh, uh, George, uh, Foster, George Foster from down there, uh, Chris Terry. Uh, uh, you know we uh, we had a lot of good linemen. There's got to be some more. I can't even remember off I am like I should. I'm worried about my memory sometimes. Uh,
2: I just assume that you exclusively coached Stinchcombs and Luckies, and that was it. No one else was on the team. Just those two uh, families.
1: But, uh, <laughs> we we had some good good. Good guys.
2: Now, I any of those era discussions, I, I think, get miscalculated because you have to give those guys the advantages that current players have with facilities and nutrition and weights and things like that. Uh, so, And I do this with all sports. People talk about – like Babe Ruth, would, as he was in the 1920s, would not be a good baseball player right now. But you give him all the training that baseball players get, he'd be good. Final question. And you I know was,
1: what number Babe Ruth was when he hit his uh, 27 home runs. I mean, his 60 home runs in 1927. What didn't have a number back then? They didn't have numbers. They went to numbers the next year. He was number three after that.
2: Wow. I did not know that. I uh, know nba timber dog we're going to wrap the show with this one it would be great to hear uh, a funny recruiting story from coach uh just to get some off-season laughs so coach i know you have more recruiting stories than we could ever have time for in this channel yeah. but i'd love one
1: well you kind of teed me up here so i'm gonna give you two real quick and one was uh we recruited recruiting durell robinson out of uh, spartanburg over there and uh that was your Holtz came in and took the job at south carolina and uh they want to make one last push on him and uh, his mother lucille was a nice lady and i was in there tight with him and, and uh my uh chris selfo was recruiting him and he left got a two lane job so my son todd was a lead recruiter and so he said well you know holtz is coming there he's going to storm troop him and everything i said hey we just tell lucille this that when he comes in there he's going to tell her he wants her to sit in a certain place and wherever he tells her to sit Tell her to sit somewhere else just to make him mad starting off the deal. And then when they start going there, say, ask him if he knows what number Durrell is and where, what, what he plays. Does he play in a slot or does he play outside? But he won't know because he, he hasn't had a chance to study it, but it'll make him really get flustered and then say, you know, hey, uh, you think you can get me a job at BMW like Coach Donovan did? and <laughs> <laughs> the w plant. Uh, thanks to my friend, Nelson Bowers. We got her a good job. It's a legit deal, but, uh, but it was, she was just getting ready to start it. Well, she, he came in there and hopes, you know, like, Hey, I want you to sit here and leave here. And he, she said, we'll, we'll sit over here. And, you know, just, he didn't like that. And then he didn't know what the rail you know, as far as wide or slot didn't know his number, all that. And just really got him. I love to get old boot chap, you know. (laughs) uh, Anyhow, uh, another story. I was in Missouri and uh, had this older couple that had a son that was a tight end that was between us and UCLA, and they were coming on an official visit. And, you know, after you, you know, back then we didn't take the players to the head coach's house. We, I mean, the, the parents, we took them to our own house and we offered them something to eat and drink and all. And I was a little worried about offering this lady some kind of alcohol or anything because i didn't know much about her so i said to one of our uh uh, our steve greer there was clay cooper who actually went to high school with uh with the guy uh, sam walton and uh, made a lot of money as a assistant coach getting some walmart start but anyhow we uh i said what do you think i He said hey what do you got to lose you can ask i said it's not going to offend her so We got over there and uh, the man was downstairs and uh, I went up in the kitchen area and I said, "Uh, Mrs. Johnson, uh, you know, I just want to tell you, I said, "Uh, I don't really want to do anything but make you happy here and whatever, you know, we got coffee, tea, uh, whatever you like, and if you'd like a mixed drink, she said, I'll have a bourbon and (laughs) branch. right off the bat boy she hit me hard with that she let me have it real quick hey coach did you see water man
2: did you see what the uh LSU fans did with the jello shots
1: oh they did they it'd be hard to beat them on anything and uh, it, it's amazing some of the stories I can tell on there for about an hour we have a show about different things that happened on that uh, did you have a good bourbon to giver of course, of course, we had, uh, you know, we had people there that, that took care. Of it. Norm Stewart was in charge of basketball coaches in charge of providing the booze for all the coaches to entertain the parents, and uh, he, he'd been there forever. I'm in case of Norm Stewart was one of the best basketball coaches, but I guy was aware, man. He loved football. He was a Missouri graduate. My first year there, it's, it's about the 1st of August, and he came by I said, where's your quarterbacks and receivers? I said, Coach, we don't report till the 20th. He said, I don't give a shit about that. I said, You got to get them over here and start practicing man. I said, What are you talking about? He said, You got to practice those guys. I said, Well, Coach, I've never done that before. He said, Well, he said, You know, you're new here and all that. So they never have done that, but I'm going to train you how to do it. I said, so I'll get you some Wendy's and McDonald's and I'll find some place for them to stay, but you got to work their kit, these kids out. And hey, we played the first game against Illinois. We looked like we've been practicing for three years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Norm Stewart gave me all those Wendy's and stuff. It was great.
0: I love that. That's a fantastic story. That's why we love having you on, Coach.
1: Yeah, well, I enjoy talking about stuff like that. And, uh, hey, I hope everybody has a pleasant Fourth of July. And, uh, uh, this, hey, this is going to be an unbelievable year uh, for Georgia football. Might be some peaks and valleys, but uh, I like where we stand. I like this team. They're
0: hungry, which is crazy when you think about the fact that they've won two titles. But I think Kirby summed it up last year when said, "Well, they won the title. Aren't these guys going to slack off after they won one?" He said, "Those guys didn't win it. The guys that are playing this year, or the guys that won it, they all went to the NFL. These new guys want their ring, you know. So now we're year three of that same thing of." These new You guys. ever
1: watched uh, you ever watched the YouTube of uh, Secretariat winning the preakness? Oh yeah. That reminds me of the dogs this year. <laughs> We're gonna run away and leave their ass. Yeah. And
0: I, how, many, how many links was that?
1: I as long it, it was, was a mile. <laughs> it's bad, it's bad. It bad. bad. But that's the way I mean, you know, it had the challenge. Hey, how are you gonna re- win a triple ground. What are you going to do? You know, kind of like us. How are we going to repeat? What are we going to do? It's like Kirby said, hey, we got to do what we got to do, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. All right, I guess uh, with next week being the 4th of July, we'll skip that one. We will come back on July 11th. The. Uh...
1: All right. When are you leaving?
0: I leave on the 13th. Well, we'll get one more show out of you. Yeah, get one more show and then I will head be off for a couple of weeks and then y'all can have a really good show without me. That will be awesome. So We'll, yeah, we'll still hope. do
2: those shows. We'll have SEC media days to discuss. We'll have yeah, I'm on hoping stuff you'd,
1: I was hoping you'd come in there from Rome live. If you want me
0: to, but I guarantee I won't know anything that's going on. All right. hi <laughs> right, folks. We'll see you guys on the 11th. Take care. And uh, be sure to, if you would, leave us a review for the podcast and subscribe to this channel. We'll see you then.